Did you know that only about 20% of the land upon which the Civil War was fought is permanently preserved either by nonprofit groups or in national, state, or local parks? The figure is even lower for the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812, where almost 70% of the major battles were fought in areas today considered urban. The rest of that hallowed ground is either unprotected or has already been destroyed. The American Battlefield Trust is racing the developers to save what is left. If you would like to assist the American Battlefield Trust, please log on to battlefields.org. Shepherd University's George Tyler Moore Center for the Study of the Civil War and Department of History invite undergraduate students from across the country to come and spend a semester at their historic crossroads in Shepherdstown, West Virginia. Their semester-long Civil War experience will immerse a select group of undergraduate students in collaborative learning, interpretive field experiences, digital humanities projects, public history programs, and a war and society approach to military history. For more information, please visit www.shepherd.edu slash Civil War Semester. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tattooed Historian Show. My name is John. I am the Tattooed Historian. And I'm so thankful for each of you for tuning in and for being a part of this project and being a part of this podcast. We've been rolling along as usual, trying to get one up every week. Uh, And this week is going to be really interesting because I have my friend Matt Micklitz on. Matt works at Winterthur and uh, the museum and gardens there. It's a fantastic museum. There's so much to see there. And uh, they actually have a new exhibit opening on The Crown, which uh, if you watch The Crown on TV, they have some of the wardrobe there from the series. And uh, it looks like a fascinating exhibit. I actually am thinking about going out there and seeing it myself, maybe hanging out with Matt for a day. But Matt and I talk about the museum field and the public history field in general. We talk about uh, coming up in the field, the uh, challenges faced in the field from Matt's perspective, because he has uh, a slightly different perspective on the field than I do, because we've had different ways of going about getting to the point that we are at in the field. So it's good to talk to someone who has a different take on the whole process. Uh, But we have a lot of things that we agree about uh, concerning the process itself. And I think that's something that we can highlight together through this podcast. The goal is always a great thing to go after, but if you don't love the process of getting to that goal or you can't uh, roll with the punches, so to speak, in the history field, then you're going to have a little bit of a problem because, as we know, uh, a lot of projects are underfunded, a lot of museums are underfunded, or their funding is being cut. So you have to be like Gumby, and you have to twist and turn with the times and, and, and duck and dodge at times. So we talk about that, and we talk about uh, keys to becoming uh, better public historians and working in the museum field through what he has gone through. And I've put a couple snippets in there about what I've gone through and what I've experienced. So it was a great little discussion concerning 
the field as a whole and the museum field and the public history field. So if you're into public history, uh, you're a student of public history, you love museums or you love archives, uh, you love material culture, this is a podcast that you're really going to get a lot out of because you're going to hear a great story from Matt about how he got to where he is. And as I said, we talk about the field and how we've learned to adjust with the field, with an ever-changing field as far as how things are done and how budgets are cut out. So uh, it's a great podcast. I really enjoyed my talk with Matt, and I can't wait to go to Winterthur and see him in person again uh, and go through Winterthur and see all the exhibits and go outside for the gardens. Uh, I'll be sure to take some allergy medicine before I do that because apparently pollen is going to be very tough this year. So I'm going to have to get ready for that. But other than that, I'm really looking forward to to uh, visiting him at his place of employment. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, here is my friend Matt Micklitz talking about the museum field and how he became a great public historian. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Tattooed Historian Show. Uh, I'm so happy that you're all listening in and subscribing and sharing it. It's been a great time so far. I've really enjoyed it. And today I have my friend Matt Micklitz on. Matt, thanks for being on here. Oh, thanks for having me, John. This is uh, this is exciting. Yeah, you got it, buddy. It's it's a privilege to have you on here. Uh, for any of you who have seen either of my logos. Matt is the one who drew them up, and uh, uh, I didn't know I didn't know you were so artistic until you did those. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've problems well, like drawing a stick figure, and you know, uh, I took a leap of faith, just kind of like what you did, John, and with uh, your endeavors, and said, "Let's see if the guy likes my stuff," and uh, and you did. Oh so. yeah, oh I loved it. Yeah, that's why it's it's plastered all over the place now. We've got uh, very cool. We've got stickers and merch from Canada to the United States to England now. So that's it, awesome. It's crazy. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're wearing any of those shirts out there or, or slapping those stickers, you know, in some pub bathroom, <laughs> that's that's uh, a Matt Micklitz design. Uh, yeah, sweet. But uh, Matt works in uh, the museum field, and we wanted to have him on to uh, to talk about the museum field and what he does and his background and all that. So, uh, Matt, how about uh, giving everyone out there a little bit of background on you? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, as of this year, I will have been at the same museum for about 12 years. Um, but uh, it, it went, time just flew by, but it started out really to go all the way back to high school. Uh, if you want to start really where my passion and interest in museums and historic sites kind of really start to amp up. Um, Pretty typical of most um, uh, living historians, reenactors, which I am one, uh, started when I was about 15, 16 and went to a local reenactment and they said, yeah, here you can, you can shoulder this. Um, and uh, the living history field really, really fueled my, my interest. Um, and then it you know, came time, high school, start looking for colleges or considering college. Uh, and um, 
my dad was a big player in that and helping me with the search. And this is when when uh, the internet was still kind of in, in its infancy. Uh-huh. So searching for something in the museum realm of first of all, far into my parents, they neither of them worked in museums or culture. Um, so I was kind of a, a, a new thing for all of us when I said I wanted to try that. Um, actually, before that, I wanted to be a artist. Uh, um, so that's where the art comes in. I was the school artist. So I was this class artist, all that. Hmm. Um, and I wanted to be Don, the next Don Triani. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my, par- my parents said, how are you going to do that? Right. Um, I, I didn't have an answer. So it, they said, all right, well, you better start looking at something else, kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. And uh, unfortunately, I kind of grew up in a small town in PA. Um, art and culture wasn't a, a, a major player where I went to school. I went to a Catholic school for 13 years. Um, it was about sports and about academia, but not a whole lot about arts and culture. So I didn't have a lot of guidance. So that fell off on the wayside. But obviously, I didn't ever lose that. Um, that want to draw and, and be, be passionate about that, as you, as you again can uh, alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, senior year rolled around. I was starting to think, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Uh, and with the, my parents saying what they did, uh, <laughs> plus good for the good or bad, um, I, I start looking all over for uh, different universities in Pennsylvania. A lot of state schools, um, mainly for history. I was gunning. I was figuring, well, if I get a history degree, I can maybe um, maybe work at a historic site or be a teacher right. for a little while and figure things out. Right. Um, so I remember I went to um, um, I just forgot which university, one of the several universities, with the idea that I'm going to major in history. So I went to them talking about history, hmm. um, and then my dad and I were chatting one day and said, yeah, uh, you know how much I really enjoyed these historic sites. And so my, my dad went into some search engine, it was probably AOL, (laughs) and and typed in history uh, and preservation. And sure enough, there was a field called historic preservation and still is of course. Um, And so we found a couple universities that had this historic preservation, which revolves around architectural preservation and history. Um, Thought that'd be pretty cool. Actually. I, I love, uh, old architecture, love old buildings, and thought that could be a way in. Um, I met a couple professors at um, the uh, University of Delaware that were about historic preservation, thought that was cool. Um, Roger Williams University up in uh, a private, co- I think it's a private college up there in Rhode Island, um, looked beautiful. We never went to visit it. It was quite a hefty uh, uh, tuition, so my parents were less than thrilled if that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> Yeah. But sure enough, um, offhanded, one of those professors at University of Delaware mentioned that there's this field of art conservation. Um, I don't think my ever my I returned there initially because it was art conservation, not you know, museum. It didn't have museum in the name. Right. Uh, didn't insinuate museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure enough, I met a very enthusiastic professor uh, in art conservation, the head of the program at University of Delaware. Found out they typically had graduating classes of six people in the field every year um it would have been out of state tuition but my parents said hey if it's what you want to do uh we're going to support you so they they helped me a a little bit financially to go to university of delaware i I applied uh, to there and a couple other uh, backup universities in pennsylvania that were much cheaper Mm -hmm. um but uh, i got in ud and and uh did 
early early acceptance. I went in declared as an art conservation major. Wow. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's um, a little unusual. People were shocked. You know, freshmen, a lot of freshmen um, still feeling things out. Um, and I was taking a risk doing such a specialized major mm-hmm. of art conservation. Um, and yeah, through that major is really how I how I was introduced to museums. Um, but I came to realize eventually that it wasn't every aspect of museums, but it was sure, certainly a foot in the door. Um, right. What I didn't know when I first signed up for it all and started taking classes was a close relationship they had with the Wintertree Museum in Delaware, mm-hmm. um, which is where I work now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll, but it didn't go that smoothly. Uh, there are some bumps <laughs> in the road. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there always are. There always are. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't point A to point B my freshman year till now. Uh, but, right. uh, yeah, so, you know, I went through, through college and, and, uh, with the major, we, it, it uh, was fascinating cause I had coursework in chemistry. I had coursework in, um, actually was able to take a course offered, um, called historic, historical archeology of American battlefields. Oh, wow. Uh, which was, yeah, it That's was cool. one of my favorite classes. It was one of those random courses that isn't offered all the time, but my advisor saw it and said, you've got to take this, Matt. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to take this. We'll make sure it counts for something. Yeah. Uh, it was a great course. Um, it ended up, there was a gentleman named Brandon Buys, who's a uh, superintendent, I think, at um, Manassas. Right. Or not Manassas. Or not, um, um, oh, you lost me now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what it was like, but, uh, at any rate, yeah, he came in our class dressed up as a Confederate soldier, uh, to talk about, uh, reenacting in his relationship to historical archaeology and how we use it to help reenacting. That's cool. Uh, so kind of weird connections there. This was back mm-hmm. in 2003. Okay. Um, at any rate, yeah. So I got to take a lot of courses like that. And I also got to learn how to make paint. I got to do a mini fresco, uh, reproduce mini frescoes, silver point. Uh, make my own quills and win mm-hmm. ink, iron gall ink. Um, so I learned a lot of different skill sets and a lot of different um, different um, artistic methods in order to really, uh, the ultimate goal of our conservation is to conserve art, to bring it back to a certain point, mm-hmm. uh, stabilize it, um, and uh, you know, bring it back to a presentable um, condition uh, where it can be um presented to the public uh, or at least stabilized for for long term so it exists in the future mm-hmm. um but along the way i found out that I, it wasn't something that uh, in terms of sitting at what they call bench work sitting at the bench doing actual conservation work wasn't my uh wasn't my strength in terms of the chemistry element okay um i tried really hard to to, to um in my chemistry courses but just wasn't up to the task uh, it wasn't in my blood, I guess. I'm a very hands-on person, but more in the art and the the um, the materials. Mm-hmm. But in terms of chemistry, it just wasn't my strong point. So luckily, there was another concentration. There was a pre-graduate course um, to head to the graduate level um, uh, programs that are in art conservation, which are only, I think, still number about three or four in the country, um, and then a couple worldwide as well. Um, and so instead of that path, I took the uh, collections care path, uh, which gears you up for to be a collection manager, to, to get more into the realm of um, 
what ultimately where where I am now preventive conservation. Okay. So uh, all the work that can go into keeping things from ending up in the lab, right? Um, or ending up in in the trash in some cases, or right. or yeah. you know small small history uh, historic locations. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, my advisor suggested it, and I said that that definitely sounds more down my down my alley. Um, I had a little bit of uh, uh, courses freed up due to that, so I actually was able to minor in art as well. Um, which is fantastic because again, it's something I love. Um, so yeah, 2004 came around. I graduated with that degree in art conservation. Um, one of my internships was actually at Fort Delaware State Park, um, doing a historic interpretation, Mm -hmm. uh, historic education. Uh, and, um, I, uh, kind of, I hit a moment there where, where, um, I actually proved my father wrong. He once told me, well, Matt, reenacting is great. and glad you love it, but you can't make a living doing it. <laughs> and right out of college, uh, I went back to the fort to just to have a job. Right. <laughs> and I was li- doing living history uh, and firing cannon for a living. Right. <laughs> um, That's a great uh, gig. A seasonal <laughs> yeah, it was great. I loved it. Uh, but doing a, a historical interpretation at, at a historic site with a goal was just fantastic. Um, right. A lot of passionate people. I uh, got to take a boat to, over to an island every day. Uh, really cool. Have you ever been, John? Have you ever been to uh, Fort I, Delaware? I have never been to Fort Delaware. I, oh. I definitely want to hit that up because I want to do a. Uh, I would love to do a series for my Facebook and YouTube channel on just mm-hmm. uh, coastal fortifications. And I oh, would. Oh, cool. And I yeah. would love to. Yeah. yeah, I want to call it my fort fetish. And, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and, that, and just uh, go, you know, probably all really get along well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, just, uh, I, I'm thinking about the, I would love to start at, uh, Castillo de San Marcos, uh, down in Florida and, and then just start yeah. North and hit Delaware and Fort Delaware, you know, and all that, because I've never been there before. That, yeah. Yeah. It, it is a phenomenal historic site. Um, mm-hmm. I will state park really, uh, but yeah, historic site, of course. Um, yeah, that was, it was great working there. I, I made a lot of friends I still have to this day, um, who hopefully will hear this, this, uh, this, uh, podcast, um, are going to make them listen anyway, cause I'm mentioning them now, but, uh, <laughs> they, uh, there, there's some good people and, um, and I did learn a lot and actually they used my, um, strengths that I gained from my, um, undergraduate work, um, to their advantage. So I was in charge of maintaining a lot of the arms and armament, mm-hmm. um, and figuring out, um, the best ways, um, to preserve them, uh, and to just keep them from rotting away. So I, I, uh, and doing some nitty gritty, just cleaning of things. They had some prop cannon over there that I helped power wash, you know, mm-hmm. just basic stuff to help keep on top of the things that would, um, plague an Island, a very humid place, a very, um, kind of uh, uh you know lots of bugs lots of just dirt and debris right um we closed up even in the winter time it was too harsh to be out there mm-hmm. and um, so i actually learned a lot more than i thought i would uh at the historic site that would end up benefiting me in collection management mm-hmm. um so i did historic interpretation which is fun it was a lot of fun gave tours again fired cannons and guns and cleaned them all um but then just um becoming i actually became a manager eventually with the numerical program, mm-hmm. um, it, it kept me in the um, kept me in the park service, uh, which is what I wanted. Um, 
because I want to see where that would take me um, with my degree. And um, so I thought, well, if I could stick around again, get to know people, um, build relationships, which if I had any advice to give anybody right this second, which that would be it, building relationships right. um, with anyone who's going to listen or has similar um, interest uh, within the field. Uh, it, it's uh, it, it's paid off. Uh, again, I'll get into that in a second, how exactly it's paid off ultimately. But yeah, it's uh, again made friends, but then also just made contacts, which which uh, have been inv- has been invaluable. Um, and yeah, yeah. So I was I was there for a couple years um, when I was in the Miracle program. It was kind of cool too because um, you know you're doing essentially service for the country, right. um, which is a neat thing. Um, I was never in the military, so I contemplated it. Um, so it was neat to do service, uh, technically a type of service to the country, met a lot of great folks there too. And in, in NCCC, which is essentially the modern day CCC, mm-hmm. um, filling bags of, uh, filling sandbags to help, help, uh, shore up, uh, part of a, a degrading shoreline down Southern Delaware. Uh, I got to help out with that. So that was something I never thought I'd do. It was, it was, it was kind of rewarding feeling to it all. Um, it didn't pay great. <laughs> I'll point that out. Doesn't pay great. None of these positions so far are pay great. Right. Uh, but what I got out of it was definitely uh, again the experience uh, ended up paying off. Um, in AmeriCorps again, I became manager. I managed uh, six seasonal AmeriCorps uh, members at the fort. Um, so I started uh, by um, helping to put together the uniforms and clothing in the off season, doing the ordering, coming up with new programming. Um, and, uh, I had to do their time cards and fax them down to Dover <laughs> every, uh, every other week. Uh-huh. Um, that took about 15 minutes, I think at least for each sheet. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah but you got to do a lot of research in the archives for the court. Um, again, they uh, had good friends with the state park historian and, uh, several other folks within the, within the larger park system. We really gave me a good scope and feel of the whole system, not just my, uh, my little element of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So it gave me managing experience, uh, which, which, uh, I'm a manager now. So it, uh, I know it helped me in the long run of, uh, managing people, um, and have something on my CV too. Right. Um, uh, which is great. Uh, so again, I took that, that moment where I knew I could get a little bit of experience doing something I hadn't done yet. Just did it. Um, it wasn't too hard. Uh, luckily the people we brought on, um, were just honestly great people. I'm still again in contact with, with many of them that I, that I was able to, um, to, to be hopefully a kind of a mentor to, too. um, with just some fantastic individuals, um, that I know went on to do good things. Um, cause, uh, just the wonder of Facebook has reconnected us and yeah, there's a lot of good came of it. So, and actually, uh, the, the biggest thing that came out of my service in AmeriCorps in that, that last year within state parks um, was my wife. Uh, she was uh, in AmeriCorps down in Cape Inlopen. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, our eyes connected from across the room. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, were, we were both smitten by service and state park love. And, and uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we had our first date uh, essentially while we were uh, AmeriCorps members, which is, uh, we like to call it AmeriLove. Um, and, uh, and, uh, 
yeah, yeah. We we kept it chill though. You know, you gotta you can't keep <laughs> you yeah. don't broadcast too much. Yeah. Luckily, we were literally at opposite ends of the state, so um, <laughs> from each other, good hour drive. Right. Uh, but at any rate, uh, yeah, we uh, that's where we met, um, and that actually brings us to the next chapter, which was when my service ended. I ended up actually following her to work. Um, she went to Kentucky State Parks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I said, well, I'm young and stupid still. Uh, I'll follow this girl out to Kentucky. I've never been to Kentucky. <laughs> well, how bad could it be? Um, so we, I was out there. She was out there before me. Um, I stuck at AmeriCorps out till the end of the year commitment. Um, and in doing so, got $5,000 to help towards my student loans. Nice. Uh, which, which, yeah, it was a great uh, benefit to doing AmeriCorps. So, um, again, I, I certainly, if you if folks can do it, I, I encourage that. Is, uh, I, I definitely endorse that type of uh, service. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so that was phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, out I went and... Um, it was a little tougher um, economically out there. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of wonderful people, um, wholesome people. It's a lot slower living, but mm-hmm. uh, it was it was a, a, a nice place to be for sure. Still made some lifelong friends that we still still are in contact with. My wife and I, a girlfriend at the time, we grew closer and uh, ultimately got engaged. Uh, and um, the, the only thing was, I. I haven't said what I was doing it out there. I became a line cook. Um, that's what I did for about a year, a mm-hmm. year, year and a half. Um, I was searching and, you know, trying to feel out what, you know, what's out there. There was Cincinnati wasn't too far away. Lexington, um, Louisville, um, not too, too far. Um, but it was tough. It was much tougher out there to try to find any kind of entry level um, that wasn't kind of far from where her work was. Um, and, uh, would pay enough to justify moving. And since we were still kind of, you know, new in our relationship, it was, you know, we were, it it was a little tricky to figure out, um, some good place to, or try to find that place in a museum or historic site that, um, that was hiring, um, Mm -hmm. at my level uh, that I was looking for or qualified for. Um, so it was a little rough going, uh, a little, a little tough pill to swallow. The good news is I knew how to cook already. I was cooking high school as a, my summer job, uh, and dishwasher and, uh, uh, back home when I had to make money to pay for books in college and, and all my reenacting gear in high school. So, right, right. <laughs> um, so I had a skill and, and I think it paid off in getting a girl too, uh, to be able to cook. Um, yeah, yeah, that helps. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, still, I, I like to take, uh, I think this is very much in your frame of thought, John, too, that you take what you can from every experience in life. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, while I, uh, you know, never became a professional cook, it's another thing I enjoy doing. Um, and it's, you know, a skill that helped me in life to survive. Um, and, uh, and also just, just the fact that, um, I actually did become more of a kitchen manager. They, I must have that in my bones to manage things and that I'm right. trustworthy with money and trustworthy with ordering and things like that, where I kept the kitchen running. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty cool. Um, and it kind of pat on my back that I could say I did that type of thing. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, ultimately I, I kept those, so those aforementioned contacts that I made in college and that I made in state parks, I emailed and emailed and emailed. 
um, all over the place and uh, mostly looking at the East Coast with people where most people I knew were. Um, just started there, thought, well, you know, nothing's working out out here in the Midwest. I'll, I'll try back home, try back. Well, not even back home, but in the area I'm familiar with. And um, sure enough, it, it uh, I got an email back one day about uh, a position, uh, more of an entry-level position in collection maintenance at the Winterthur Museum in Delaware. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I did do in college was an internship at Winterthur. Um, so I got to know some of the conservation staff there during my college experience, in addition to just the, the coursework, learning from them and the coursework. Um, and uh, yeah, they knew my name. They remember my name. I wasn't that far removed from college. This was about 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so only three years out of college. And um, yeah, I got the job. And in August 2007, I started at Winterthur. Wow. And that's where I've been ever since. Um, but uh, so I started in collection maintenance, this little group of people that um, it was uh, five individuals and a manager. And the manager had been there almost 40 years. Wow. Um, yeah. Huh. He uh, did almost anything you could think of at the museum. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, was you know, a good mentor. Uh, and uh, uh, at one point, so I was in that position about a year. Uh, and what that entailed, so collection maintenance, it's kind of all in the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, we, we took care of the collection. We um, dusted vacuumed, buffed the floors, cleaned the bathrooms, um, did all the nitty gritty stuff. Um, but we also were the element of, uh, we actually, uh, one thing I should point out, we're part of the conservation department. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, um, still had a responsibility to monitor pest activity, temperature, and humidity, um, all those other little elements in a museum that you want to keep, uh, mindful of, um, as you're, as you're working uh, and to make sure uh, nothing's going awry and that nothing's getting eaten um, uh, around you. So we all had our, uh, had our responsibilities, our floors to maintain. Um, and the, uh, the scale of the museum, there's nine floors and 175 rooms. Wow. With about 90,000 objects on display. Wow. At any given time. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. A lot yeah. of work. A lot of work. Um, the type of work certainly got to you sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a brightly lit museum for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. We don't want bright light to hurt our objects. So um, <laughs> after polishing or not even polishing, I, should, I can't, shouldn't say the word polishing, dusting um, objects for the umpteenth time in a week, you get a little, a little, a uh, little bored. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Just the, just the, type of objects we have or is this fascinating mm-hmm. um and uh you i you were encouraged actually to, to take time to learn about the objects on your floor uh to to get a better appreciation to know the conditions if there's any notes on their condition um so you're not going to inadvertently do damage to them mm-hmm. um so it was a great entry level job i should say that um mm-hmm. to get into the back into the museum field uh back into the area of the country i was familiar with um, the very fortuitous thing that happened not long after I was there is my wife, um, fiance at the time was able to get a job at Brandywine Creek state park, which was, is literally right across the street from Winterthur. Right. Okay. Um, 
I don't know how we got that lucky, um, <laughs> but, but we did. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll say that there is a bit of luck in this story for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and so she yeah, started uh, back up with state parks because she left state parks. And, um, but she, her connection, she's her connections come back into a system that knew her mm-hmm. um, from when she, her t- the time she spent in Delaware state parks. And she's still in Delaware State Parks as well. Wow. Uh, awesome. So, um, yeah, yeah. So all these kind of connections, uh, she shifted over to a different park. Um, and I actually grew and shifted within Winterthur. After about a year and a half, um, I became the what's called an art handler. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, there were two individuals, um, and still are two individuals, um, <coughs> pardon me, that um, are responsible for the movement of the objects within the institution. Okay. Uh, you work for the registration department, which is a department I didn't know a lot about mm. uh, when I first started into uh, museum work. You've brought up two very important points that I that I want to focus yeah. on here for a second. Uh, that a lot of my younger uh, audience will will have to take into consideration when they get into the field, as they get into the field, especially for all the college juniors out there and seniors or, or high school uh, seniors who are going into the field, or even people who are recently graduated. You brought up two key points, which is so very important to our craft. It's not only uh, studying history or studying preservation and how to do history or how to do preservation. Uh, it's also adaptability. Because you're going to have to mm-hmm. adapt to all these different changing situations uh, yeah, on, yeah. on the job market. I'm not just talking about at a museum. I'm talking about on a, mm-hmm. on, a, on the job market. Everything changes so frequently. And and mm-hmm. two, the the biggest thing you can do for yourself, in my opinion, is to go out there and network with as many people as you can, as often as you can. And uh, for some people... When when you and I were going through college, it was mm-hmm. networking to the to the uh, the professors we were talking to and all that was going to conferences. Well, for those of us mm-hmm. who can't go to conferences, it was going and visiting historical sites and and getting yeah. those connections yep. and going to museums, getting those connections. And you brought that up yep. where it was like you made all these connections, but you also had the adaptability to say, "Well, I'm also good at this, and this will get me by until." I get my mm-hmm. break, you know, and that's yeah. and that's what's important. It's almost like as historians in this era and and in the previous generation as well, uh we're almost like musicians. <laughs> you know, we're wait, we're waiting mm-hmm. for the, we're waiting yeah. for the next gig to come along. Yeah. And uh yeah. Yeah. and I think a lot of us uh get to a point where we're like, you know, we're a, a someone in a guidance counselor in high school or someone in the career center at college is like, well, what do you want to do when you graduate? And they get you in that Mm -hmm. tunnel vision of, okay, you're going to become a park ranger at Gettysburg and that's it. Mm -hmm. And, and then when Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen, people crumble. And, uh, and, and I know I've been there, you know, I've been to that point Mm -hmm. where I felt I was going to do this and get this. And when you hear no for the first time from an entity who you wanted to work for, Boy, you get a mm-hmm. you you get that crumbling feeling inside, and it's bouncing back from that's what counts. And from you doing yeah. line, line yeah. cook work, and all that, yeah. waiting for that next thing to to happen, that showcases why you've been successful, in my opinion, is that you mm-hmm. can adapt yeah. to to a certain situation. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, um, yeah, totally. That, couldn't agree more, John, with all you said. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I think the worst thing you could do is sit on your hands and play video games all day. Yeah. You know, and say, what was me? <laughs> right, know? right. If you're uh, unhappy, totally. if you're unhappy, stop wasting your time. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, play to your strengths, you know, playing to your strengths and your passions uh, have a lot to do with it. Some of, uh, um, Good friend of mine, I'll name drop here because he's an awesome dude named John Reese oh, yeah. um, in New Jersey. I mean, you know John? Yeah, you, you I, know, I've never met him personally. Place. I just know that he is like the 18th century guy to go to. Yeah. So yeah. so that's he, how he, I know him. And he's the <laughs> nicest people in the world. And, uh, and one of, you know, as far as his knowledge of that time period, amazing and super nice guy. Mm-hmm. One of the happiest people will put a smile on your face if I talk to him. Um, but his day job's a postman, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, everyone's like, what? No, it's, no, it's a day job. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he has this, the, the other part of his passion has driven him to have name recognition in a, in a very, um, what everyone would always assume is populated by only those with advanced degrees, only those with a you know, professorship maybe, mm-hmm. or teaching at major colleges or universities world, you know. But um, him, by being very approachable and very knowledgeable, it just made his name get out there. <laughs> and, right, uh, right. Um, I'm always impressed by that, uh, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't, and obviously, I don't mind even dropping his name because mm-hmm. it, <laughs> he's not looking for it. But he made right. it easy, and that's the beauty of it. So, yep, that's the beauty yep. of it. Someone like that who's authentic, and I don't mean in their, in their. Uh, reenacting gear which is which is one (laughs) which is great anyway but they're they're an authentic person who's humble you know that's that's what it's about you know absolutely absolutely i think it the more people i meet like that the museum field too uh are seem to be the more successful sort um but then just you know the easier to interact with and you want to you want to do good with them around them for them Mm-hmm. Um, and work with them to be, uh, uh, you know, a, like a mentor to you, but then also just, just to, um, just to grow in the field, um, and do good just to genuinely do good. Right. Um, it's a great motivator to be around that type of person. Um, yeah, I take yeah. a lot of notes from, from those individuals and, um, yeah, yeah. Got, got me, got me far. And, and in this field, because it is so, uh, it's been so run down over the last 15 years, you know, because of, mm-hmm. because of the funding went to STEM programs and stuff like that. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, sure. The yeah. niche uh, ideal of the history field has been to a point where we have to stick with the people who keep positive waves going. Uh, because mm-hmm. when you're around negative, you're not going to get anything out of that. And the people who say, you right. know, woe is right. me, woe is me about not finding this or not finding that. Meanwhile, they're, they're playing, you know, uh, grand theft auto. It's like, well, guys, yeah. this is why it's not working. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. there's a, yeah. there's a history hustle that has yeah. to happen here too. And yeah. when you're in a museum yeah. field, like you are, Matt, it's, it's the same thing where, uh, there's mm-hmm. a changing demographic in the, in the field. Mm-hmm. And yes. there, and yeah, there, very much so. and there are times where, uh, certain people in the field don't want to see that happening too quickly and mm-hmm. uh you know it's it's you're walking a tightrope mm-hmm. sometimes in there and you have to yeah. be you know you have to yeah. be ready for that 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and being in it now, as long as I have, it's been really interesting to see it right before my eyes, you mm-hmm. know, kind of just seeing this transition and seeing the, uh, seeing attitude shift and, um, and of course staff, you know, staffing change. Um, those who have been in the field for 30, 40 years are retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, uh, and the replacements tend to be, uh, have a, have a different take on things at times. And, um, but, uh, for me, it's been refreshing, uh, mm-hmm. but for others, as you pointed out, as you know, uh, you make those little ways and you're seen as, uh, as, uh, not the norm, not, not, not what's, uh, what's been going on for however long a place has existed right. or even the field of museums has existed. Um, so I'm really curious to see where it go, where my, where I am, uh, where it goes, uh, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. knowing what I know and, and, uh, witness what I witness. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time. Very interesting time. What, uh, um, at, at Winterthur, um, what is something that you're looking forward to in the next year? You know, is there, is there an exhibit you're looking forward to? Is there a project that oh. you're looking forward to? Is there, you know, uh, what, what do yeah. you foresee yeah. that you're like really fired up about in 2019 to, to the end of the year? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a couple things, uh, right now, uh, we just opened the show, the crown costumes of the crown, mm-hmm. or costuming the crown, right. Uh, which is, uh, costumes from the Netflix series. Uh-huh. Um, which is really neat exhibit that's uh, again literally just opened. Um, it's pretty cool. I didn't have a lot to do with putting it up. Um, it's one element that I miss uh, from when I was an art handler mm-hmm. um, was helping to put up exhibits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could say I if if I had a, a thought in my head of my future, I always think about maybe I'll go back to that kind of thing, you know, <laughs> um, right. where I could be a little bit more hands on. Um, but uh, yeah, so. The big thing that I have coming up professionally and that I'm excited for is actually at the end of May, um, I will be uh, delivering a, a presentation and paper in Stockholm, Sweden. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. That's I, awesome. I got to kind of pinch myself every time I even say it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not, it hasn't been my norm to travel internationally in my, in my, uh, in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh it's been a norm for a lot of my colleagues, but this is actually the first time. So the conference is actually, um, uh, integrated pest management international conference. Okay. Um, which is a very niche, uh, part of museums and historic sites mm-hmm. is what's called IPM. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not even just, I shouldn't even back up. It's, it's a niche within museums and, and historic sites, but it's niche within even, uh, other industries like the food industry. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, especially uh, cereal manufacturers or, or even, even yeah anyone that has stored grain there, there's a concern to have pests that may get in your grain sure uh, there was actually a pot i know a pasta company not too long ago that had uh had insects that they had the i think recalled some boxes of pasta because they're a type of insect uh grain beetle that got into their uh got into <laughs> their uh, stored product wow um, so uh, so even they're concerned about it, but this one particularly has to do with museums, um, and the historic sites. And, uh, it was, um, attendance, I think was capped at 150 people and have about, to my knowledge, about 90 in the queue, uh, waiting to hopefully get a spot at the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so again, it being international is just just insane, and that uh, there's there's pe- enough people that would love to be there. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, my uh, my my uh, the abstract I submitted was for um, social media as a tool in in communicating and, and teaching IPM. Um, and they thought that was awesome. So uh, yeah, like, great, cool. But then I had to write a paper, which I hadn't done since college. So, <laughs> uh, a little intimidating, uh, right. but it wasn't too bad. I had a lot of great support, again, from my folks uh, that I know and that I'm heavily involved with uh, in the IPM world. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm just stoked for that. I, I can't wait uh, for, for that conference. It'll be great. It's about a week long and um, at the end of May. So yeah, uh, awesome. it'll be phenomenal. That is um, awesome. And if it wasn't for... And I'm going to go back to contacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't help it. It just keeps coming up. Right. Um, I'm involved with a group called the IPM Working Group, and which is a, uh, a group of individuals. We actually just changed our name to the Museum Pest um, Working Group. Okay. Um, a group of individuals started early 2000s. And um, they, uh, um, yeah, they, they saw this, this niche thing that needed to be um, – Certain individuals saw this niche need uh, to um, get together and have a resource for pest management in museums, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't really exist online anywhere. It didn't exist as a website. Mm-hmm. And so they started museumpests.net. And um, about three years, three years ago, I think about, yeah, I think it was about three years ago, time was just flying by that uh, I got involved with the group. And within a year, I was asked if I wanted to be a co chair of the group. Hmm. Um, and I said, yeah, sure. Um, and, uh, my dear colleague, uh, Rachel Ehrenstein, um, she's my co-chair and, um, a private conservator, hmm. just a wonderful individual, um, helped with, uh, writing this paper and, um, it's been great support. And we actually just had our, uh, annual meeting or I hate to say annual, but our 16th meeting in Indianapolis, um, back in March. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a jam-packed beginning of this year uh, when it comes to pests. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it was, it was due to my you know my participating in museum pests, and I run their Facebook page and their Twitter feed, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so it was a natural thing to write about social media and how valuable it could be to spreading information mm-hmm. and um, uh, making it approachable as well right uh, again i'm hitting on a lot of things i know that, that you hit on uh, for making history approachable right um we right. make this this topic of you know bugs and insects and nasty things that could eat your collection mm-hmm. a little bit more approachable um and uh social media just not can knock out of the ballpark that way and make it comfortable while you're looking at pictures of your kids or your friend's kids or or you know a funny cat video um, you also get a thing pop up saying museum pests put up a post and all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, information on a carpet beetle or, um, maybe even just a funny cartoon about a, with an insect in it sometimes, <laughs> yeah. um, just, just something to keep people that they, they know we exist. Um, and then ultimately we're hoping they do visit the website. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the museum pests is, is a, is a, an international group and, um, you know, again, I, I make I, I the amount of connections I'm, I have in that group alone is amazing. Um, and a lot of great people with lots of knowledge who have been in the industry of museums or historic sites or 
um, libraries as well mm-hmm. uh, for, for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and are just amazing connections and, and have a lot of experience. So again, yeah. highly encourage folks um, to get in those, involved with those types of individuals and groups if you can. Um, for me, the time commitment with that kind of group isn't insane where, I, where I'm like, no, I can't do it. Um, Museum Pest is actually a free group to be a part of. If you, it's it's not even a membership. It's you're more of a participant if you go to a meeting. Um, so it's uh, yeah. So so those are two. Yeah, the the you know, Stockholm's a biggie for me. Um, what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. There's there's so much out there that that is going on with the, you know, the group of us that kind of uh see the positivity in the field and try to put it to a new direction and it's it's really cool to see that part is growing and that uh as i keep repeating time and time again uh the internet and social media has leveled the playing field now and yes when yeah when uh you can get to go to sweden now and put on a, a paper 25 years yeah. ago that would have been unheard of uh, and it's exactly. not because you didn't bust exactly. your butt to do what you need to do it's just that those opportunities weren't as easily found like you said it was right. hard to even find uh yeah. uh the, the thing you wanted to study in college because it was the early days yeah. of yeah aol yep. searches probably and um yep. yep and now uh this goes back to networking uh, like like you've been saying mm-hmm. where some of you who are listening you could easily go on to instagram and just start dming everybody you know in the field mm-hmm. and someone's yeah. going to yeah. someone's going to write yeah. back sooner or later we couldn't do that 20 years ago and uh (laughs) so so the field is changing uh before our eyes and some of us see the potential of outreach and networking opportunities but a lot of people still try to stick with the traditional and i really think that we really need to start thinking about networking has really gone on steroids now with with facebook and and instagram and even linkedin is starting to get better um, yeah, and yeah. so people like Matt and I are are doing even more outreach now. Uh, Matt's going international. I just went international Ontario. Uh, so I know for some of you that may not seem international, but it is. Uh, <laughs> but but we have <laughs> yeah. a great time doing it. And I'm so glad you have that opportunity, Matt, because that's going to be yeah. fantastic. And I hope you document the heck out of it. You know, like I want to oh, see yeah. I want to see yeah. all kinds of photos. Absolutely. It might be a lot of food pictures too. So. That's fine. That's fine. And and some interesting photos of pests and stuff would be fantastic of as well. Of course. Does does yeah. this do, yeah. do the uh museum pests do you all have like an Instagram? Cuz I think that'd be really cool. We, we just literally last month started Instagram. That's fantastic. Um yeah. yeah. Cuz yeah, I'm like are, I would love are, to see pictures of pests. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so on Facebook we tend to have a, a good bit and then, but Instagram, it's since it is photo based, essentially, is going to mm-hmm. have a good bit more. Um, yeah, we had an individual ask, uh, hey, do you want to start an Instagram? And I said, well, you know, time commitment wise, I can't really do it. But mm-hmm. if you'd like to. And they said, yeah. And it wasn't just a uh, I'm planting the seed and going to run away. Right. Uh, this person and actually I think another person with the support of at least one other person started up there and then within the day at the meeting we had an instagram account that's fantastic and we were uh, ready to post and uh yeah yeah so that's follow great. us uh, museum pests all one word and uh yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's so, awesome yeah it's great stuff great stuff yeah because i know some people just like to look at pictures of bugs or or whatever in Absolutely. general and it's like well hey this is a this is a you know a thing where you can 
have people in there who are interested in one thing and maybe not another and they're and they're yeah. coming together and yeah. speaking about something it's pretty cool um but yeah. but yeah. yeah that that the whole idea and you 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 stressed it a lot and i've stressed it a lot uh the whole idea of networking that's what changes the game in our field for so many people and it's so much easier now to do that and uh it's created an opportunity for you to go overseas and to and to create a uh, you know a really cool uh, thing at that conference and it's created mm -hmm. so many more opportunities for so many more people who are just starting out in the field and i really think that we're looking at a, a change in the history field in that way where there's going to be so yeah. much opportunity with outreach and networking that we can start to build uh the field in a new way but still remembering mm -hmm. the, the traditional yeah you know. yeah oh absolutely so, yeah but yeah i'm, yeah, I'm um, looking oh go ahead buddy no it's okay uh I was, yeah i was just gonna say it's a it's a it's one thing we uh i even note in the paper that i wrote is the um idea that all this social media was a lot of you know fun fun you know, literally created by a college kid, Facebook, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, to connect and be, uh, you know, uh, essentially give each other virtual high fives and look at silly pictures. Right. But it's transcended that. It's gone into the realm of um, to be a, a relevant part of society. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, if a place doesn't have a Facebook page or, or some presence, maybe not Facebook, but Twitter or mm -hmm. Instagram, something out there, mm -hmm. uh, they're not looked at as quite as relevant. Um and uh, if you kind of don't have an idea that that type of thing exists, you're you're kind of seen as far a little bit behind the times, even if you're not an active participant in it. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have a little bit of knowledge about how that works um, or even in casual conversation, oh, did you see, you know, such such place posted this thing about their recent acquisition? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a starting point of conversation potentially with your future boss. Or right. with a colleague, or with a with a historic site that you may someday do business do work with. Mm -hmm. um, it's you never know where you'll find that little nugget, and um, it, it could again it could be something as simple as saying, "Oh, hey, I saw you were in um, you know wherever in Stockholm, Matt, or that you were you did this uh, you know you did the study, or you did whatever it might be. You know that you, hey, John, you were in Gettysburg the other day. You know how mm -hmm. was that? You know it's." And you acknowledge then that they were paying attention to me. That's cool. Right. I'll remember this person, you know? <laughs> right. So um, a lot more inclined to do that. And so it's been interesting, yeah, how it's evolved now into a very um, acceptable thing uh, in uh, uh, social media that is in, in uh, a, a very acceptable part of, of uh, the museum's field. So. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. you hear from, the, from some who don't want the change well, our mm -hmm. our uh, visitors aren't on Facebook, or our membership isn't yeah. on Facebook. But then it's yeah. like, well, yes, right. but three hundred million people are. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you know, yeah. there you yeah. still yeah. you definitely don't hear it as much now in the museum field as you did right. five years ago. Right. Uh, but there yeah, is absolutely. there is has been a reckoning of well, maybe we need to think this over again and and think of new ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's my uh, that's my little way of saying i need to come to winterter and and do something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, <absolutely. laughs> how, how'd you like that i worked that in there uh, i love it yeah there Good you job. go uh, no but but seriously matt uh your 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 uh the entire story that you that you've given us here is is one that i think a lot of uh students and young uh historians 
will appreciate because it showcases the fact that you do need to adapt to overcome. You do need to mm-hmm. initiate the process of looking for your opportunities instead of waiting for your opportunities. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to really seriously get out there and just start, you know, getting used to hearing the word no when it comes to yeah. oh, things sure. in the history sure. field. And, uh, and I'm yeah. so glad you got to, to share that with all of us uh, on today's yeah. episode. So I, I really appreciate your time, my friend. And uh, if Absolutely. anyone wants to, uh, if anyone wants to look anything up about uh, your employer, where should they go online? Uh, so winterter.org is our website. Um, that's, and I'll spell it out because it sounds, doesn't uh, spell like it sounds. It's right. W-I-N-T-E-R-T-H-U-R.org. Uh, okay. So, it looks yeah. like winter third, but that is not correct. And don't don't exactly. walk in don't walk in there and say that. <laughs> and there is a, 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 yeah, it's like a winter without, you know, and it's Philly. So yeah, you better know what you're. No, yeah. yeah, it's uh, we're located in northern Delaware, um, in Newcastle County. It's one of those places. It's just south of Longwood Gardens and Kennett Square area okay. in Pennsylvania, uh, in the Brandywine Valley, which is just a gorgeous region. So mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Hey, again, yeah. thank you, Matt, for your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely, John. It's been a pleasure. I'm so glad we got to do it. Absolutely. And thank you all for, for tuning in this week. I will talk to you next week. <laughs>